This is Tennessee Talks with United States Congressman Tim Burchett. Hello, I'm Congressman Tim Burchett and welcome back to another episode of Tennessee Talks. Today I'm pleased to be joined with my good friend Rich Powell, the Chief Executive Officer or CEO as we say in East Tennessee of ClearPath and ClearPath Action. And these organizations work with folks in the public and private sectors to promote policies that will advance clean energy innovation and strengthen our country's economy. Uh, Rich's work has been published in dozens of news outlets such as the Wall Street Journal, Fox News, and the New York Times. And of course now you can add Tennessee Talks to that list. I'm sure it'll be on your resume tomorrow. Um, he also frequently testifies before Congress on climate change and energy innovation. Rich, I want to thank you for joining me here today, brother. Hey, it's good to have you. I've thanks got a few, few questions to ask you. They'll right. be hard hitting, and I'm sure you'll you'll sweat and <laughs> stutter as we go through them. Um, what what is ClearPath's general approach to clean energy? Uh, well, first, thank you for having me, uh, uh, and thank you for everything you're doing on, uh, on, on this front run, kind of right energy, energy innovation, clean energy. Uh, it's incredibly important. So, you know, our, our approach uh, to this issue is there is just an incredible amount of dynamic innovation coming from the American private sector, from our innovators, uh, and from incredible places like the National Laboratories, which I know are near and dear to your heart. Oh, great, um, sure. And have been so, so important to the American energy economy. And, uh, you know, we really see the clean energy opportunity as one that can be so important to improving American economic competitiveness, to pushing back against uh, China and Russia, making us a more competitive economy around the world. Uh, and to, you know, reducing emissions, but do it in a way that makes clean energy cheaper. The focus on making clean energy cheaper, not traditional energy more expensive, right? Right. Uh, and we think if you can do all that, innovation, innovation is the key to that. And developing these new technologies is the key to that. I mean, think about what we did with nuclear energy in this country. Or nuclear. 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 In this either country. one. Nuclear. Either one. Uh, you know, we uh, you know we in, we invented that technology, right? Tennessee invented that yep. technology, and a couple other states were involved sure. as well. But you know, mo- mostly Tennessee, right? And we like to think so. You know that that became in the course of uh, you know a couple of years, twenty percent of the national power supply, uh, some of the most affordable energy in the country, certainly the cleanest energy in the country, no emissions yeah. um, from any perspective. And, uh, and it's also, you know, it's been a, a bedrock of the communities that it's, that it's been in. And it's really helped to improve our competitiveness. And so, our, you know, our thought is, well, how, how can we go a lot further with right. nuclear? And then how can we go and take that same kind of... I was kidding. What's you that? Say, you can say nuclear. I'm, I'm, happy, I'm happy other way. I'm, I'm just kidding. No, I always, I always say that. That's why I always ask the nukes folks, and which is it? And then they go, oh, they all look around. I'm, I'm just kidding, dude. I know, I know how to say it. Well, let me ask you this, then. Why do you push... Um, uh, you know, many types of clean energy out there. It just seems like um, you know, I always get these folks say, well, why don't you just push wind and solar? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it, yeah. and, and 100% it, we can do it all with wind and solar. 100% yeah, with the, solar. Uh, the wind yeah. doesn't blow enough. You yeah. know, in East Tennessee, we've got a couple of windmills. I believe they're up on a hill and um, going into Oak Ridge, oddly enough, for Oliver Springs down that way. And I, I was told the other day, I think they're taking them down. You only have a couple of months a year that the wind actually blows enough to where they actually sure. uh, yeah. generate electricity, yeah. and um, uh, I, and of course solar. Um, I was county mayor, and, and everybody would come in and say, "Oh, we need to do solar on all these rooftops," and yeah. then and then the government will buy it back. 
But you know, our return on the investment, ROI, as people like you would say, but, uh, but in East Tennessee, we'd see how much we're going to get off those. And they, it would be, you know, sometimes it was around like 1%. Yeah. And then if you uh, take yeah. into inflation or, 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 you know, bird strikes or a hailstorm, and then yeah. you're, you're, you're underwater. Yeah. And it's, it's just not the, um, the panacea, so to speak. And, and, you know, it's a good thing. You've got a hillside that can't be used. Sure. And, yeah. you know, and it's not a, I mean, you know, that slice of that pie, uh, one of those slivers is always, I think, going to be solar. But we really haven't had any innovation in solar in probably in the last 30 years. Yeah. Any major innovation. You know, uh, look, all, we should have a portfolio, right, with all of the different, you know, technologies represented. Wind and solar can be really good technologies, right? If you've got sure. a, I mean, you're, you're, let's say you're in eastern Colorado, right? I mean, you've got just right. continuous wind, right? Wind, wind makes a ton of sense there in Wyoming and a lot of other places. Or you're in Arizona, right? Solar makes all the sense in the world in Arizona, right? Um, and really no one technology can, can ever be the only thing. I mean, you wouldn't want to grid even that was 100% nuclear powered, right? Sure. You know, what if you had an issue with the fuel supply or something? You, you want a diverse portfolio of things. Ideally, you want that portfolio to be as clean as possible, right? And so uh, wind and solar can play a role. They absolutely can't be 100% of the grid, as many folks claim. Um, that leads to all kinds of problems with affordability of your grid and reliability. Sure. Now, of now France, the... Uh, the picture of conservatism, which it is not. <laughs> I believe they are, are they, what, 80% nuke? 80% nuke. 80%, yeah. 80%, 80%. nuke, all 80%. those lights at the, yeah. the city of lights, and it's <laughs> yeah. uh, it's nuclear, and yeah. I, I think that's uh, yeah. uh, that's pretty cool. And, of course, the, um, the small nuclear reactors, I think, um, when they come on, we're going to be, I, I would yeah. wish the nuclear regulatory agencies would, would get off their butts and, and, and um, and start moving that permitting process along. I realize it's a it's a volatile situation, but I think we've we've played that over so many times that it just it's just ridiculous. You have I can remember in East Tennessee they were building nuclear reactors, and the um, their kids were built working on that same reactor just because of all the delays. Yeah. you know the, yeah, they, yeah. the, the yeah. fathers would start, and the kids yeah. would would yeah. would still be um, another area I'm concerned about, and I've been interested in dealt with legislation proposed legislation actually is on carbon capturing. And I'm wondering what that process looks like now and, and what you see it looking like in the future. Yeah, it's it, so it's a really exciting prospect. You know, the first thing to know is it, is it works, right? Like around the world today, we capture 40 million tons of CO2 every right. year. Uh, the U.S. is one of the largest uh, places in the world that, that does that. We actually already move carbon uh, around in pipelines in this country. There's 5,000 miles of CO2 pipelines already in this right. country. In some places, carbon... I didn't realize it was that much. It's That's that great. much, right? Yeah. In some places, carbon dioxide is so valuable. And think about it. I mean, it's in our, you know, it's in our Coke, right? Like, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> everything you drink with bubbles in it, that's CO2, that's CO2, and that came from somewhere. We actually drill for it. It's that valuable in many parts of the country. There's a, there's a market to buy it, to, to put back into old, uh, like, long-used oil and gas wells to right. re sure, you know, to regenerate, repressurize, yeah. and pull the oil out. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about that, we got this we got a market for this for this gas that's basically industrial gas. Uh, we've got all these power plants that are burning stuff, and they're producing a lot of that. So why don't we find ways to, you know, to better set up that market so we can capture more of that, um, whether that's from a coal-fired power plant, a gas power plant, an industrial facility, cement, you know, cement factory, steel mill, something like that, and uh, capture it, get it to the places where it can be used, ideally, um, 
we think that that's a really important technology. And you know, if you're if you're just focused on clean, right? If you're just focused on lowering emissions, all the the models or projections that say we could actually get to a zero emission future, they all say we would have to do a ton of this carbon capture, uh, and we'd have to do it on you know lots of petrochemical plants and cement plants and steel plants and all that all that sort of stuff. It it can be a really exciting technology. I mean, today we basically have stuff that you can bolt on to the existing plant. So think like rather than right. letting your smokestack go up effectively goes underground. Um, that's today's technology. Um, and then there's future technology that are gonna be whole redesigned plants that sort of take that carbon capture into account. So one of the ones that we're most excited about, these guys uh, down in North Carolina have redesigned what a gas plant looks like. And it's basically a gas plant that has zero emissions. It never has a smokestack in the first place. It's designed for the right. only thing to come out of the plant to be CO2. It's called net power. They've built a first one of these in Texas. They're gonna build two more soon in Illinois and in Colorado. They've got interest from all over the world. And it seems like they're gonna be able to do it at the same price as a normal gas plant. And at that point, it's like, well, I mean, if you could build a new gas plant at the same price as an existing gas plant that right. doesn't have any emissions, you know, why wouldn't we just do that, right? Why wouldn't we capture those emissions, you know, remove those pollutants, and then, uh, you know, right. and then obviously do something good with the CO2 if we can, right? You know, well, ideally, I guess, yeah. Um, yeah. Capitalism will be the what will solve most of these problems. Somebody's going to figure it out and figure out how to how to turn a dime on it. I had a guy tell me one time. He said, "You want to stop pollution?" He said, uh, "Make all the smokestacks. They have to. They can't be higher than ten feet." Yeah, I, yeah, I guess. Because yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that'd fix it. You know, yeah, that, you know, that's, that's one way. To fix except it. in China, they don't care. It's going to be open pit burning out there. They don't care. They, they they're awful. Um, what do you think that Congress can do to to, to fix the federal permit process so that these private Ooh. sector energy innovations can yeah. thrive. You know, we <clears throat> Congress has a bad habit of going in and saying, and and the big boys in government will say, you know, they'll put it in somebody's ear, hey, man, this is a horrible environmental issue, which it might be, mm -hmm. and say we need to, uh, or just scares people into thinking it is, um, case in point, grease traps. Um, I was the mayor of Knox County, and they said, um, <clears throat> these, uh, a couple of mom-and-pop restaurants downtown had gone out of business, and I called then-Senator Lamar Alexander and said, this new rule that came through, which, you know, it's in a huge rural packet, nobody knows. It basically said you, you've got to put these grease traps in these all these mom-and-pop restaurants. Well, the big boys, McDonald's, they're... You know, I like the quarter pounder with cheese, and especially since the guy came out against crime in Chicago, I'm, I'm back to eating a lot of McDonald's. <laughs> I still wish they'd fix their ice cream machines. But McDonald's, you know, it's a nickel on a thing of French fries for a weekend. But a mom and pop place, 50 grand's gonna, it, it put sure. them out of business. And it yeah. put them out of business, literally put them out of business for because they didn't want so much grease, because grease in the um, decomposition of sewer, it slows it down and it has a real noxious a sulfuric di sulfuric di dioxide, sulfur dioxide smell, which is like a rotten egg smell. So, but but, but the point was- You got what, deep on this grease trap. Yeah, well, yeah. I just, it fascinates yeah. me. All this stuff fascinates <laughs> me. And um, and so, um, uh, you know, it, it put them out of business, and but it didn't put the big boys out of business. And sure. I, and, and so the big boys, they push these things to where the, uh, the smaller, I mean, there's not a mom and pop nuclear uh, uh, energy supply, <laughs> yeah, sure. but yeah. with these small nuclear reactors, you're going to see um, maybe a, 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 like a KUB, 
Knoxville Utility Board, somebody like that of that size sure. could possibly, yeah. in the foreseeable future, sure. have a small nuclear reactor yeah. that operated under under certain circumstances. Sure. And it, and 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 of course, it's um, safety wise. It to me, it's a much more um, it's more much more safe instead of having all your eggs in one basket. Case in point, Japan, Fukuyama, whatever. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, or Fukushima. They, yeah. Fukushima. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Of course, they put the thing on a on a fault line too. And, um, and they put the backup generators in the basement under the yeah it was yeah it was yeah. a disaster yeah, it was a, not a, 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 very un, yeah, uncharacteristic yeah. of the Japanese yeah. but they're very limited too on their small yeah. island country yeah. of where they could put that stuff so um, anyway back to back to the question do you think um, what can Congress do to make yeah. this process a little better um, you know the if you if you think about <laughs> effectively all the ways that we have built up um, for our government to say no. We're not yet to right. virtually anything somebody wants to do, and then all of the ways that we have let uh, you know individuals to come in and intervene via lawsuits um, and all of those things. It's it's really hard to build anything in this country anywhere at this point. Um, you know, a lot of it stems back from there's an act called NEPA, the National Environmental Policy Act, uh, which you know well. Uh, yes. That bill is seven pages long, right? And that was passed before we had any other major environmental bills, before we had the Clean Air Act, before we had the Clean Water Act, Correct. before the, the, the Endangered Species Act, this one bill. And this one bill, complying with this one bill, can delay a project by a decade or more. And you can't, wh whether you're a mom and pop, or frankly, whether you're, you know, whether huge, whether you're the Tennessee Valley Authority or something like that, you really, you can't justify a project if, if, you, if it's gonna have to have <coughs> 10 years of permitting delay before you right. can even you know, start putting steel on the ground. And that can really kill a lot of things. Um, and uh, I think that, that the uh, application of that has, has sort of run amok, uh, both on the, on the federal side, kind of what you know, folks like the EPA do to administer the thing, and then all of the people that we now let to kind of intervene and, and sue to stop everything. So we need to find some way, especially if we're serious about building clean energy fast, whether right. that's new wind and solar, whether that's new nuclear, whether that's, you know, geothermal or the carbon capture pipelines or, you know, whatever, big batteries, whatever you want to build. Yeah. We're, we're not, you know, and, and let's not even get started about trying to actually get mining started again in this country and for critical minerals and then processing that mining. Rare earth minerals, you know, yeah. All of that stuff. I mean, every one of these things will start with a permit. And if we don't find a way to get these things either to a yes or frankly even a no decision yeah, to fast, move on, right, sure. to move on, uh, you know, you're not going to see any kind of, you know, big market-based transition to clean energy uh, because government will have gotten in the way. Um, and, uh, and, that, and it's not, unfortunately, it's not just NEPA. You know, we've got, as you said before, we've got the Nuclear Regulatory Commission making it very, very difficult to get a new reactor licensed. We've got uh, FERC making it really difficult just to relicense it like a, like a dam, like a hydropower yeah. facility, just to keep it running. Right? Sure. That can take 10 years or more. Um, so kind of really at every point. You think when you got to do, redo your electric, electrical wires in your house, you think that those codes are tough? Yeah. You got to pull the codes. <laughs> yeah. You know, when yeah. you pull the codes on the dam, I'd oh, say yeah, it's... Oh, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty serious. It's pretty serious. Yeah. So, I mean, the good news, I, I think, I mean, obviously this is something that you and, you know, broadly conservatives have been talking about for a long time. I think the folks across the aisle are finally coming to some, you know, to some sanity on this. And, and some of them are admitting that, we got a problem. Uh, right, it's election time. Yeah, so. it's election. Yeah, so you know, there's a lot of, a lot of debate left, and 
to get to a compromise on this, but I think that's possible. I think I think I think y'all might be able to get to okay. something in the next Congress. Yeah. You know, O R N A L. Yeah. Root yeah. <laughs> wood derivative yeah. there. O R N A L Oakridge National Laboratory. Um, you know, they've been they're they're good for the area and it's good for national security. Yeah. And I wondered the um, states like California don't seem to share in our beliefs of those kind of things. I wonder at what point is the tipping point. Do we, um, and I always joke about these states, is when the last person leaves there, turn the lights off because, you know, they just come in, they're coming in droves <laughs> to Tennessee. I mean, you know, you go out in areas that are loud in Lenore City, those areas, yeah. it's just, um, there's nobody speaks with with my accent. And, and, you know, the truth is a lot of them are more conservative than I am. I mean, they've just left. They just said, we, yeah. we've given up. We're out. Well, Massachusetts, saw, yeah. we're out. Yeah. You know, and they the California, New York, yeah. we're, we're out. So what yeah. do you think? Yeah, uh, you know, um, uh, unfortunately, we're in the midst of an energy crisis, right? You know, so globally, that's got a lot to do with Putin and Ukraine. Sure. But domestically, you know, folks also made a lot of really poor decisions kind of coming into this year, right? I mean, we slowed down... Um, Domestic drilling and permitting. Well, California's really having a problem with the rolling um, energy. With rolling blackouts, yeah. yeah. So I mean, California's got uh, these really significant problems. You know, California has has been gradually shutting down a lot of its baseload energy. Obviously, the coal is long gone from California. Uh, they've shut down one of the two nuclear plants, and they were scheduled to shut down the other one. They've been shutting down a lot of the gas plants in California. Uh, a lot of the things that give them a lot of flexibility <clears throat> when these extreme weather events happen, yep. heat waves happen, all this kind of stuff. We get more heat wave and all that. And, uh, you know, you know, you, you never want to let an energy um, crisis uh, go to waste. And I think yeah. it is resetting some of the thinking there. They actually voted uh, just last month, finally. I mean, this is years overdue. They finally voted to keep open the Diablo Canyon nuclear plant to try to preserve the grid in California. So it's yeah. got at least a couple of years of reprieve. And that is so important. And I hope that other... States that have had this misguided policy. I mean, I think it's too late for Germany and stuff. You know, sure, they're, they're totally they're totally overboard. But um, and they're gonna have, and we're afraid they're gonna have a bad winter. Yeah, and, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Pipeline and all that. It could be uh, yeah. it could be devastating. I for mean, those. It, 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 I mean, if they if they have a tough winter in Europe, I mean, people people are gonna freeze. It, it, with gas 100%. prices there this high, they have scraped up basically every spare unit of natural gas like around the world. Uh, and still, if you know the the Rus- it looks like the Russians yesterday literally blew up, um, you know, North, the Nord Stream one. I mean, literally blew yeah, up the Nord Stream pipeline right underwater. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, they're they're cracking down on the on the gas that's going through Ukraine. Uh, you know, it could be really rough in Europe this winter, and it's because they made these. Um, let me tell you, they're all going to be really thankful for those French nuclear reactors that are still. Running, you know, yeah. on that side of the continent and getting some electricity to the rest. They're going to say they're going to have to. Uh, this yeah. is part of the show that I, that I hate and the most. Not that it's ending. It's that yeah. I allow you to ask a question yeah. of me. Yeah. Um, do you have anything you'd, you'd like to ask I'm me? I'm going to give you a softball, but I'm, I'm very interested in your answer to this. What is something really great about Tennessee that nobody outside of Tennessee? Outside knows? of me? Yeah. Well, no, re- really outside of the state. What's Yeah, other than you. Yeah, other, other than, than you. Okay. Other than you. That's See if you caught word. that or other not. Other than you. Yeah. I, you know, I, when I was mayor, the, um, I, you'd always have these consultants come in, and when these folks would come in for business and they would bring in, you know, they'd want to take them downtown and they wanted to show them, you know, the, you know, whatever. But the reality is that 
our asset is our people. It's those guys and gals that put, the, you know, they got their name on their shirt. They get up and get it every morning and look you in the eye, shake your hand and tell you, Dad, I'm going to do this job for you. I'm going to do it. We had a group um, um, out, of, uh, out of Utah that came in um, and built very fine plastics facility, they, uh, tables and everything else. And, and, uh, and the very conservative Mormon folks, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and uh, I, was, I remember I was in the factory with him one time, and this guy, is, I ride motorcycles, and, and uh, this old biker guy I knew, he was working there, and he was talking to the guy, and he's just covered in tattoos, you know. And, but, you know, he was there working, and he was shaking the guy's hand, and they were having a, just a very nice conversation. And I thought, you know, if everybody could see that in the world, that mm -hmm. those people, they, they get it, and they work hard. And um, um, and they're wonderful folks, and uh, I mean that that is our best asset that we have is our people, and I I think sometimes we forget that we we try to uh, you know they talk about uh, when businesses come to town, business are in, in, in business to make money, you know. I've heard, and, yeah, yeah. And, and they they like to they like our schools in East Tennessee, and yeah. and uh, and they like God's beauty that He's given us. We got beautiful lake streams and yeah. mountains and. And all that and wildlife, but it, when it comes down to it, it's the people. And I think, you know, sometimes I think we forget that. And that's, yeah. that's unfortunate. But anyway. And that's I'll, a good answer. That's a really good answer. It's a true answer. Yeah. But anyway, I, yeah. uh, and I have to get to the, my, my closing right. point here, if that's all right. Yeah. Rich, I want to thank you for joining me today. Um, and I want thank the great work you do at ClearPath. It's been a real asset to us, and I, I appreciate it. And I want to thank you for all your hard work. And I'm, I'm Congressman Tim Burch, and I want to thank y'all for listening to this episode of Tennessee Talks. Always thank y'all for sending me here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tennessee Talks. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Keep up with Congressman Burchett by following Rep. Tim Burchett on Twitter and Instagram and Congressman Tim Burchett on Facebook and YouTube.